Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Canadians have traded Joel Edmondson, made a couple of small signings in free agency so far, and it is the start of development camp. We're going to go over all of this and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 878 of Locked On Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day wherever you get your daily podcast or on YouTube. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I am your host. I am Scott Matla. I am flying solo today. My co-host is off for Canada Day weekend. I will be off tomorrow for Independence Day in the United States but you are still getting all your Montreal Canadiens uh, content here for this week. And let's just kind of jump right into things today because free agency started on Saturday. No one knew about it because you couldn't tweet for most of the day because everyone had their rates limited, limited in giant, giant quotation marks here. And the Canadians started their free agency off with I don't know if I want to say a bang, but they definitely started off with a move that I think a lot of people were expecting prior to the offseason here and potentially at the trade deadline. And that is Joel Edmondson has been traded to the Washington Capitals for a third round pick and a seventh round pick in the 2024 draft. And the Canadians are retaining half of Edmondson's remaining salary on the one year that he has left on his contract. And the biggest thing with this is it is now cleared some of that cap off the books, which is a good thing because the Canadians now, I believe, do not have to LTIR carry price to ice their current roster. As I understand it, I may be wrong on that, depending on IR versus LTIR situations here. I be, um, If someone wants to clarify that, I'm always open to that. Just shoot me a DM or uh, tweet at me if you can even do that at this point in time. And... I look at the return and my first thought was, well, that's not a lot for Joel Edmondson, considering we thought, oh, teams were potentially going to offer a first for Joel Edmondson at the trade deadline last year or last offseason or going into the draft this year. And then I look at the world around the Montreal Canadiens right now and I look around the NHL. The cap only went up a million dollars, $83.5 million this year. Not a ton of growth on there. And I look at Joel Edmondson as someone from the peak of his value, the 2021 playoff run there and some of 2022, but he was obviously battling injuries in that. And his value has declined in that part of that is uh, staying healthy. Back injuries are a real, no, no pun intended here, a real pain as someone who has thrown out their back and injured their back in sports and weightlifting. I get it. I cannot imagine being Joel Edmondson having a very serious back injury, having surgery, recovering, and then playing 20 to 25 minutes a night in a rough and tumble style of play there and having to recuperate quickly on the fly and being competitive in the nature that he is. It is sad to see him go in some ways. He was one of those four very nasty pillars of a Canadian's defense in that cup run. You had Sherratt and you had Weber. 
both traded, both gone. You had Petrie traded. You had Joel Edmondson traded. The top four from that team is all gone now. And varying returns to that Ben Sherratt, great. Turned into Alex Newhook, Tyce Milanic, uh, and I believe one other pick in there. Shea Weber turned into Donov, turned into Gurianov, which hasn't turned into much else, but it is what it is. Uh, Jeff Petrie obviously turned into Mike Matheson, which has been phenomenal so far. And now you have Joel Edmondson turning into a third and a seventh round pick with 50% retention. And then it is off their books. And yes, he'd be a free agent next year. Given the market, and we've seen better players basically given away here. Kevin Hayes, who is still a very useful hockey player, was basically given away by the Philadelphia Flyers. We've seen like Max Petretti got traded for future considerations last year. Still a very useful hockey player. Joel Edmondson at his peak is a step below these players just in terms of point production and everything else, but he still has value. And if the Washington Capitals can find a structured defensive system for Joel Edmondson to play in where he doesn't have to be the guy, he had to be the guy for the Canadians last year. And that's tough for a guy coming off of injury and is, you know, battling through a lot of stuff last year. That's tough. And I think he'll find a nice fit in Washington second pairing minutes there. I think he can do some really nice work for that Capitals team. Who's had a very fun, I don't want to say rebuild. I'm going to say retooling because the Capitals weren't tanking or trying to rebuild. They've added pieces like Max Petrating. They've added Joel Edmonds now and didn't pay a premium. And for Kent Hughes, he gets some more draft picks into his cachet of picks there. Yeah. Seventh probably doesn't amount to not much. And a third pick is, you know, who knows, but he was never going to get that peak value again. And I think part of it is Hughes couldn't trade him when he wanted to because of his injuries and because of the way he was playing. No matter what, he was probably going to get a reduced return on everything else. The Ben Sherratt trade was a masterpiece, and so was getting Mike Matheson for Jeff Petrie. With the cap not expanding the way that it was, I don't think the Canadians were going to get much here. They got two picks out of it, and now it opens up an opportunity. There's a lot of names on the blue line now. And we talked about on our live show, what do you do when a lot of these uh, other pro players or young professionals now need NHL minutes? You're going to have Lane Hudson, Adam Engstrom, David Reinbacher here from outside the professional ranks in North America very soon. You have Jaden Struble. You have Logan Mayu. You have Miguel Torini. You have William Trudeau in the AHL this season, they are going to need NHL time soon. And at the NHL level, your veteran is now David Savard, which bless him, bless him, bless his heart. It's going to be another year of asking David Savard to kind of punch above his weight a little bit here. And it's not the end of the world, to be quite honest with you, because maybe the Canadians aren't great next year. That's fine load up on another pick and then start making those improvements here. But you need ice time for Caden Gooley for Justin Barron for uh, Arbor Jacki four, four, four. You have to have room for all of these guys to play. I'm, I'm missing Jordan Harrison there. Jonathan Kovacevic is in there. Chris Weidman is your seventh defenseman. That's great. That's perfectly fine. He's a perfectly cromulent seventh defenseman. Hopefully next year is better than his previous year was here. Joel Edmondson was in a spot where a guy like Arbor Jacki or a Caden Gooley or uh, Jordan Harris can get those minutes and continue to grow in their game here. I am, I am sad to see Joel Edmondson go. He was a tough competitor and Hughes told him he 
you know, I know you want to stay, but I am still going to look to trade you just because it's the fairest thing for him. It gives Edmonton a never another shot at a Stanley Cup with Washington, or at least a better chance than it would with the Montreal Canadiens. I am glad that the last thing Joel Edmondson ever did for this team was a very fitting tribute, and he kicked the crap out of a Boston Bruin in the last game of the year in defense of a teammate. Uh, thanks for the memories, Joel. We're going to miss you around here. Uh, shame you never got your second Stanley Cup parade with your crop top uh, shirt there, but I'm sure we will see you down the road. I'm sure your tribute when you come back to the Bell Center will be warm and welcoming. However, plenty of other news coming around free agency right now. Old Habs friends are on the move. Habs have made a couple of signings here, some depth in the works there as they work through other contracts. And we're going to get into all that coming up next. But first, take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets Win or lose on that bet. That's $200 you can spend on betting from everything from the money line to the over-under to who's going to hit that first dinger in a single game. All an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. And plus, when you win, cash out immediately and get paid. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the MLB and us here at Locked On. And as always, folks, please, please, please bet responsibly every time that you play. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. I am, of course, Scott Matla. I am your host for this wonderful long weekend if you're in Canada or the United States, talking all things uh, free agency-wise for the Montreal Canadiens. And I guess we'll start with the departing the departed, I guess I should say, maybe, I don't know. Players who have definitely left the current Canadians team here and have found their new home already. Alex Belzeal signed a one-way contract with the New York Rangers and Jonathan Drouin, after years of speculation and will it happen, will it not happen, is in Colorado and Nathan McKinnon is absolutely thrilled. We're going to start with Belzeal just because I have a lot more to say about that based on the amount that I cover the AHL. Alex Belzeal earned that full-on NHL contract. He played his heart out last year, played his heart out for the Rocket. The Canadians probably didn't have the room for it here. And I am sad to see him go because I think looking at the way the fourth line is shaping up, I think Belzeal, Pizzetta, and somebody else would have been a very good fourth line once again, just like it was last year. And there's another name that has left the Canadians that I thought would have been nice to bring back in that role too, and that's Anthony Richard. He signed a one-year, one-way contract with the Boston Bruins. Bruins fans, I think, are going to love him in their bottom six, just the speed, the tenacity, and skill that he brings to the team there. Uh, both guys are going to be sorely missed in Laval. Like that, that part goes without saying. They are they are going to be deeply missed on that Rocket team. They, the Rocket team is going to be very young, and we will touch on the Rocket in uh, two seconds here. And then Jonathan Drouin signs, I think it was 875000 goes to Colorado, and Nathan McKinnon on Instagram was talking about how they are reunited, and honestly, good for him. He parlayed a, a solid, not spectacular season as a secondary ter- uh, tertiary piece for the Montreal Canadiens. A lot of assists. Some decent underlying looking numbers offensively. 
it was just never put together here all at once between injuries and just a whole bunch of other things that aren't on Jonathan Drouin here at all. I was hoping maybe they might bring him back and see if they could find a role for him. But if they wanted to move forward, this was a logical move for him. I think Colorado is going to bring out a lot of Drouin. And I know people are going to look at this and go, well, what happens when he puts up like 45 points next year? And you look at and you go, he's playing with Ranton and McKinnon. Of course, he's going to put up more points. All due respect to Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen are two of the best players in the NHL at this current point in time. Dynamite defense, really good depth all the way around. It's it's about as perfect a fit as I could imagine for uh, Jonathan Drouin going into this upcoming season. And I hope when he comes back and they play against the Canadians, he is also received warmly here. I know Belzeal and Anthony Richard probably will be. They'll get a nice round of applause. I am really hoping that Drouin does get the same thing as well. Joel Edmondson, like we talked about in the last segment. But where this leaves the Canadians is a very simple spot. They've made three signings so far for the upcoming season. Uh, Philippe Maillet, Brady Keeper, and Leas Anderson have all signed contracts with the Montreal Canadiens. I believe they are all two-way deals. I'm not anticipating any of these to be long-term NHL pieces here. Uh, the main reason for that being is that I, I'm looking at all of these here. Everything, Everyone's on a two-way contract. Brady Keeper has only played, I believe, one or two NHL games. He was playing them with the Florida Panthers. He is of First Nations descent, which is something very, very cool to see. Uh, Philippe Maillet is a little bit older. Uh, he's, I believe, 30, coming back from the KHL, where he was the top scorer on his team in the KHL. He's going to be a huge boost for the Laval Rocket this upcoming year. He was playing for Magnitogorsk in the KHL, put up 53 points in 66 games. Brady Keeper played 35 games for the Abbotsford Canucks last year, put up six points, uh, 35 penalty minutes in those games. Brady Keeper is there to be a rough and tumble kind of guy in the AHL. He's, I don't want to say unspectacular because that sounds rude. He is there to be a that sandpaper force there a little bit. Take some of the pressure off of a guy like Logan Mayu and Jaden Struble to continue working on their growth and development and not having to trend into the muddy waters of the after the whistle stuff. Philippe Maia, I think, is definitely here to be that Alex Belzeal, Anthony Richard replacement in terms of just putting up points for this team. And then Leah Anderson is a former Nick Bobrov, Jeff Gordon pick from the New York Rangers, seventh overall pick. And if you're wondering why the name sounds familiar, he is the one who famously, after Sweden lost to Canada in the gold medal game at World Juniors, took off his silver medal and hucked it into the crowd because he didn't want to look at it. He was upset. He did not want to look at that silver medal. He wanted gold or nothing. Had a massive year last year of the Ontario Reign. 31 goals was good for fifth in the AHL last year. I don't anticipate him making an NHL push. I think he will get his opportunity to play some games at the NHL level this year for the Montreal Canadiens. But I think Leas Anderson is their, hey, we need someone here who has a lot more professional experience. He's only 24, mind you, but he's got KHL, or not KHL experience. He's got... uh experience from playing in Sweden and everything there that I think Leas Anderson is a guy there to take the pressure off of potentially Sean Farrell, uh, Joshua Wall, Riley Kidney, uh, some of these younger guys who are in that team there. 
and to make a statement that, hey, I am still a worthy prospect. He's only 24 years old. And I know in prospect terms that is ancient. In terms of hockey player years, that is not one year to a deal. So it's not a ton of money. All these contracts are coming in under a million dollars. Like the, I want to say between the three of them, they're signing equals about what the amount that Joel Edmondson's going out was. And I think that's probably a good thing for a team trying to save money. There's still, I can't shake the lingering doubt that they're looking at something else right now. And part of that is, is that everything's been quiet. The Caulfield contract came out of nowhere. The Monaghan contract came out of nowhere. The Pizzetta contract came out of nowhere. They qualified their other free agents, except for Gurionov and Joel Teasdale are, were all ones that left. But I think that we're going to see some of these other names start. These RFAs start to trickle in soon. I'm curious what they're doing for a Harvey Pinard extension. But I think it's I think that's the only one that's going to be looking at multiple years. Like they qualified Lucas Condotta, but you're not going to give Condotta more than a year. There's no really reason to. But I could see Yelonen and Rafael Harvey Pinard both getting multi-year extensions and what the Samuel Montembo contract might look at. It's been a very quiet start to free agency for the Montreal Canadiens. Nothing that should have shocked anybody. No one was really expecting a whole lot out of this because you know, why would we? It's it's the Canadians didn't need to spend money on a lot of stuff because they, they don't have the space for it. We talked about it in our live show that we did Friday with Ian Boisvert, the Build podcast, which go back and listen to that. We talked the draft and everything else. I'm just very curious what the next steps are here because they do have important players to resign in, in terms of young guys here, and there's work to be done. And I look at some of the other deals around the NHL. Lots of short-term deals. Um, except for Miles Wood and Tristan Jari and Scott Mayfield and Pierre Engvall for some reason. I I think I'm okay with the Canadians playing it safe here is that there's not a lot to spend a lot of money on. And I think a lot of their work is going to get done via trading at this point, whether that be shipping out veteran contracts. And I look at the Edmondson return, I'm thinking to myself, do not expect a lot for Mike Hoffman. Do not expect a lot for David Savard. Out of all the names that have been on the trade board, Jake Allen and Josh Anderson, I think are the only two that you can potentially reasonably expect anything like large for, but I don't think either of them are going to be on the move anytime soon. We're going to shift our focus one more time though. Today was the first day of prospect development camp in Brassard for the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going to kind of walk through some of the names on the roster, who I'm paying attention to and who you should be paying attention to when they scrimmage later on this week. And that's all coming up next. We are back here at locked on Canadians. Remember to tune in tomorrow. My co-host will be back with some more of your mailbag questions and any other updates on the news around the Montreal Canadians, but it is prospect camp time. And I love, I love camps because it is the best time for fans to get potentially their first look at some of these players. Yeah, I'll, I know a lot of people, especially now with how bad the Canadians have been, is that they want to watch the NCA. I know a lot of people were tuning in to watch Lane Hudson like they were Cole Caulfield because, duh, why would you not want to tune in and watch that? A lot of players tuning in to watch Owen Beck and Philip Machar and Logan Mayu in the OHL in previous years. It is harder to watch guys like Adam Engstrom and to watch some of these other guys who play overseas, unless you have access to uh, certain sites, 
that I will not go any further into elaborating on here to watch them play during the what is an afternoon or early morning here in the United States or in Canada, depending on where you're at. So getting to see them at development camp is important. And I'm looking at this. And I was talking with Jared Book if I was on the prize because he was there. Jacob Fowler did not practice today with the other goalies. And there wasn't an update on why after the medical testing, unless there was some kind of injury they discovered during that, which, you know, who knows, could be, could not be. I, I don't have the information I've been out and about today and I haven't gotten an update further from that yet because Fowler was one of the guys that I was excited to see here, but I'm looking at the camp roster. All eyes are going to be on David Reinbacher and Lane Hudson. And the two of them got paired together in defensive drills and they were putting people through the paces there. You you can't help but be giddy about it because they seem to play off each other so well. And based on the clips that I've seen from the drills and from people who watch that, and I know that I'm watching drills that other people are watching with their own two eyes, but what else are you going to do? Reinbacher's active stick and defensive positioning is fantastic. And yes, practice. We're talking about practice, et cetera. It's, it's hard to not get excited, though. And why would you not be? You're seeing good habits start early here. And yes, far from finished products across the board here. But it's hard to not kind of be giddy about what you might be looking forward to in this camp here. And I just want to bring up the... I just I am trying to find the actual uh, camp roster here because that's what I want to know right now. Uh, it's I I there's so much talent that is here, and I'm looking at like the forward group here. Jared Davidson caught a lot of people's eyes during Seattle's run into the Memorial Cup here. What does Cedric don't have you know on that next level here? Is Luke Tuck going to take that next step? What is Florian Jekai going to do? Which apparently he didn't even think he was going to be getting drafted. He found out while he was getting his hair cut or he was at the gym and uh, his brother Arbor was getting his hair cut or whatever it was. It's very funny to see those kind of things happen there. And just who is that hidden gem in the rough there? Because it was Arbor Jekai just a few years ago. Remember, he was just an extra dude thrown in there. None of us knew how to pronounce his last name. None of us knew anything about him. And then all of a sudden, he's an NHL defenseman two years later. Things can change in a hurry. And I said this on the live stream. The name that I am most excited about to pay attention to a camp here is Will Vote, who was an undrafted pick uh, this year in the draft. This was his first draft year. He's going off to Boston College. Smaller guy. He stand, looks like 5'8", 160 pounds based on the Canadians' measurements here, which is uh, slightly taller and slightly heavier than elite prospects had him. But man, he is someone that I know a lot of people had on their draft boards there. And I'm also looking at a guy like Tyson Milanic, who did not play a ton last year, took some time away due to uh, mental health concerns and wanting to be ready for that. And I failed to mention this one in the previous segment here. Philip Mashar is at this camp. Obviously, Uri Slavkovsky is not. Emil Heineman is not. Some of the other guys are not because I think they've played enough professional hockey in other leagues that they are not there, but Philip Mashar is here. And he said he is planning to play in the AHL this year. That is a huge get for the rocket. There's a guy who can fill that. Yes. alone and roll very well for that team there. And I, I couldn't be more excited that he is going to make that step there. I'm looking at the defense here and the big name, uh, as I mentioned, on our Friday show is Francesco Delalise. Uh, 
apparently a great skater. And there's an opportunity, I think, for something. I believe he is going to the University of Massachusetts, not this year, but next year. I think he's playing one year in the USHL and then moving over here. There's just a lot of players here. And it's like, okay, who's going to have that next step here? And I'm very curious who everyone else is looking forward to watching. I know Reinbacher and Hudson are going to be in there and people are going to want to watch Logan Mayu for the first time outside the OHL. What are guys like Philip Machar going to do? You know, what are these, what are some of the underrated names like Cedric Indone, who had a very solid season for Owen Sound last year? Uh, Joshua, who is turning pro. Is he going to find that next level? Is he going to stand out that much at camp? You know, even some of the underrated names, a Blake Biondi, et cetera, in there. What are you going to, what are you going to find in there, basically? And also there's, I believe, a Rhett Pit. Yeah, Rhett Pitlick's here too, because why not? There's got to be another, there must always be two Pitlicks in Montreal at every time. Uh, hopefully we get an update on Jacob Fowler before too long. So please, if you, I want to know from you, who are you excited to watch? What are your expectations for prospect development camp? Do you have any you know, things that you want from prospect camp? Or is it just, hey, these guys are going to skate. They're going to go their own way. Some of them will come back for rookie camp. Some of them will head back to Europe, to the NCAA, et cetera. And hopefully we get news, rookie tournament again. I'd love for it to be in Buffalo Gangs. I'd love to bring y'all coverage from that. But that is going to wrap up the show here. As far as I can tell, while I've been recording this, no one else has been signed at this exact moment. Uh, if there's a big enough name signing or trade or whatever, I will hop in and do a bonus episode too because you all deserve that content here at the start of July. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians while that site is still functioning. You can find us on YouTube wherever you get your daily podcasts. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. Folks, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a huge summer amount of content coming up for you. Can't wait to bring that all to you and more. And for now, we will see you all next time.